You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Never Say Never by Philip Paget on AO3. He shouldn't have said it. He should have been gentle and kind after the ordeal she went through. But all he could think about was that piece of shit Jerse's hands on her, and him touching her, and seeing her, and... He stops himself, still seething, still so angry he can hardly see straight. Not angry at her. He shouldn't be angry at her. But he is, and he can't admit why. He left her dejected and alone in their office, bruised and battered and drugged, so he could come home and refuse to do so much as entertain thinking about why he is so enraged by her being with another man. She does not belong to him, not in any way, shape, or form. But he wants her to, and maybe that's what he's so angry about. That he wants her to be his, and it's impossible and wrong and aggravating because she never will be. She knocks too loudly, too aggressively, making sure he knows that contrition will not be found on the other side of the door. His coat, his briefcase, his fucking wallet. He left it all behind in his haste to escape her and the evidence of her indiscretion that marks her face like a scarlet letter. Evidence that she is a sexual being. That she wants it, seeks it out. Just not with him. Never with him. She deposits his things on the dining room table and turns to leave, but he catches her by the wrist. She winces at the pressure on her still tender bruises and throws him an irritated look. That hurts, Mulder, she says bitingly, trying to shake him free. There's no rational explanation for why he doesn't let her go, why he instead pulls her roughly to him, her back pressed against his chest, and loops his arms around her waist. What are you doing? she asks with an exhilarating mix of fear and irritation. He would never hurt her. He knows she knows that. He just can't let her go. Not again. Why did you do it? He asks, more pain in his voice than anger, to his own surprise. Do what? She returns, and he's not sure if she's asking because she doesn't understand the question, or she doesn't, or she just doesn't want to hear him say it. Jerse, why? She struggles under his grip, and his hand inches under the hem of her shirt, his palm now flat on her bare belly. She's so fucking soft, so smooth and perfect. And Jerse turned her black and blue. Jesus Christ, Mulder, let me go. She growls, stomping on his toes to make him yelp. But he doesn't let her go. He can't. I want to know, he insists, and she relaxes a little, defeated. Let me go if you want me to talk to you, she requests much more softly. He does and she strides towards the door, her hand ready to pull it open. She's giving him the slip. He steps forward quickly, her short legs no match for his, and presses his palm against the door to prevent her from opening it. She drops her head, her back to him, and they stand there frozen while she calculates her next move. Her shoulders rise and fall with her labored breaths, and he can't stop staring at the back of her neck at the little pink scar where her chip was removed. He's willing to bet Jerse didn't notice that, even if he did have the opportunity to kiss her on her perfect neck. No one knows to look for it, 
no one but him. She turns around slowly and lifts her head, looking up at him defiantly. She's angry, too, just as angry as he is. Maybe more. You want to know why I didn't, Mulder? She asks haughtily, and his stomach clenches. You want to know why I fucked, Ed? He flinches involuntarily at the word fucked, such a vulgar word coming from her pretty little mouth. She waits, and he nods once. Maybe I wanted to have some fun for once in my life, Mulder, she spits at him. Maybe I wanted to go out and drink too much and get laid. She steps closer to him, and he feels his groin tighten. Maybe I wanted to get off by someone's hand other than my own after another day chasing things that don't fucking exist all over the country, Mulder. Maybe that's why, she finishes, and she is standing chest to chest with him, except it's chin to chest because she's so goddamn short. They are both quaking with vitriol, and something else that crackles between them, like a pot about to boil over. He's looking down at that pretty mouth that's so smart and so sexy and so dirty even if he doesn't get to see it, but he wants to. He steps forward and stoops enough to scoop her up, to press her tender back against the hard wood of his door, to loop her legs around his hips and press his hard groin between her thighs. She startles and gasps, maybe at the pain, maybe from pleasure but her hands go around his neck and she kisses him, her pretty mouth on his and her tongue colliding with his teeth. Maybe he can't give her fun nights out, a carefree life, a simple job that is easy to explain at dinner parties. But there is one thing he can do, and that's get her off. He's been thinking about doing that for years. He turns with her in his arms, crossing to the table and clearing away coat, briefcase, and wallet. He tries to set her down gently, to be mindful of her bruises. But the completely feral way that he goes about hiking her skirt up to her waist and tearing off her pantyhose negates all that. He sees bruises on her thighs, and it both disturbs and arouses him further. She shouldn't have needed to work so hard for this. He should have been meeting this need a long time ago. Panties ripped, ruined, legs pushed wide his face in her plush heat, and Jesus fuck, she's so wet. He grabs the tops of her thighs and pulls her closer, and she practically falls over the side of the table, grabbing onto the corners for dear life. She's still wearing her suit jacket, her skirt, her hair is still perfectly quaffed, her lipstick only slightly smudged. Has she always been like this under that carefully put-together exterior? So wet and hot and slick, and just waiting for him to find the courage to do something about it. She's tugging on him, encouraging him to stand up, and he thinks that maybe she wants him to stop. But her hands are at his fly, and her eyes are wild and wanton, so he pushes her jacket off her shoulders, pops the button off the nice new blouse, and his heart lurches at the sight of her. Her beautiful breasts, pushed high in a nude lace bra, and her alabaster skin mottled with purple bruises and red scrapes. His desperation screeches to a halt, concern overtaking it. Scully, he says mournfully, brushing his fingers lightly over a yellowing patch on her ribcage. It's okay, Mulder, she reassures him, 
pushing his jeans down off his hips. She doesn't want to stop. He doesn't either, but his desire has shifted gears. I'm sorry, he says earnestly, cupping her jaw in his palm and meeting her eyes. I'm sorry I said all those things. I didn't mean them. I know, she replies, and he can tell she means it. He kisses her again, much less urgently, as she continues to work him free of his boxers, wrapping her slender fingers around his stiff shaft. He groans and arches his pelvis towards her, and she guides him right to where they both want him to be. He slides into her, blindingly hot and tight and wet, and just knowing that this is happening is enough to bring him halfway there. He starts off slowly, kissing her and reaching around to unclasp her bra as he pumps languidly. He read the file and knows that she used a condom with Ed, but she doesn't even ask about one with him, didn't hesitate to let him slip into her with nothing between them but three years of denial finally laid to rest. He wraps his arm around her back and leans forward to taste her, to lavish her bruises with tender kisses and heartfelt apologies. He brings his other hand to her clit, and she rests her hand on top of his and shows him just what to do, just what she needs. It's not long before she's digging her fingernails into his neck, short breaths puffing against his ear before she groans and begins to throb around him. He pulls back to look at her face, lips parted, eyes closed, brows pulled together. She's so fucking beautiful, and watching her come is what sends him flying. Breath caught, he slips out of her, and his cum spills onto the floor with a noisy splat. She makes a face that is part smile, part cringe, and it sets him off laughing. Towels are retrieved, mess is cleaned, and she borrows one of his shirts, given that he basically destroyed hers. She stays, and to his surprise, draped over him on his couch with her head on his chest. The gurgle of the fish tank fills the space as they lay there in contemplative silence, and he knows he shouldn't ask, but he simply can't help himself. Was that better than Ed? He tries to keep his tone neutral, realizing that it's possible that the answer will be no. He can feel the push of her cheek against him as she smiles and hopes that's a good sign. He was pretty awful, actually. Definitely not worth almost dying, she remarks sleepily, and pride swells in his chest. I don't think it would be appropriate for me to say I'm happy to hear that, so I won't, he says as he pushes his hand into her hair, scratching at her scalp. She hums in reply, and then she is quiet. Her breath comes slow and even, and he realizes she's fallen asleep. He fights his own tiredness, not wanting to miss a moment of this. But eventually, he succumbs to it as well, hoping that she'll still be there in the morning. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash 
Audio Fanfic Pod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.